Hey, welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. And today, we'll be talking about managing your emotions so they can work for you instead of against you. So the whole purpose of our emotions is to help us survive. They act as triggers to help us react to whatever situations that might cause us some, some sort of harm. So anger makes us want to fight, fear makes us want to run away, and happiness motivates us to pursue activities that we enjoy. So these emotions are actually built into our brain that allow us to take some sort of action to get through the experiences that we have. So they act as warning signals. And just a little bit of a background, the limbic system in the brain is the main area of the brain that is involved with the emotions. In the limbic system, the amygdala is what helps us respond to emotions that help protect us. It retains memories of emotions experienced and when they occurred. So this prepares us if a similar experience were to happen. And sometimes this can be good and sometimes this can be bad. So if you've been bitten by a dog at a young age... That experience will be held in your brain to later reflect and warn you of dogs and probably associate them with them wanting to bite you. Uh, so this is going to invoke fear into you and, and remind you to stay away from them. But if you had good experience around horses, for example, where you got the time to take care of them and ride them, uh, each time you know you're going to be around horses, it's going to excite you. And motivate you to continuously want to pursue that type of activity. And as we all know, some of the emotions that we experience can be so intense that we become consumed by them. And we don't even think about the ramifications of acting on them. They can get you into trouble like giving into anger and wanting to fight people simply because they upset you. If you're not aware of the emotions that you're experiencing and how they affect you, they will ultimately control you. It will literally feel like you're just not controlling your own life. Things are getting out of hand that could lead to frustration and lashing out to yourself and to others. So this can cause you to repeatedly experience negative emotions and after a while, you might become so accustomed to it that they completely take over. And when this is the case, you tend to be in survival mode. Being in that type of state can leave you vulnerable and desperate. So say somebody asked you if you've seen their wallet. And being in the survival mode, you might interpret that question as an accusation that you stole their wallet. And this can make you angry at the person and lashing out at them over a simple question. So they're looking for help from you and you're seeing them as a threat. So our emotions are interpretations and are based on a certain expectation. You know, some might say there's no good or bad, but it's how you decide to interpret an experience. It is based on your thinking and, and how you condition yourself. So many of us will experience happiness when we get what we want or a certain expectation is met. So if you achieve a goal of, you know, getting that test score that you wanted or landing that promotion that you've been working towards, you're most likely going to feel extremely happy, you know, because you got what you were striving for. But this also works 
the same way in the opposite direction where if you fall short of achieving that goal of what you've been striving for, you're most likely to feel disappointment and anger. But let's say you started looking at not getting what you want in a different way. What if you took that experience as, you know what, if I feel short of that expectation, it's because maybe I wasn't prepared enough. I didn't execute well enough. I know what I did wrong and I know how it can be better for the next time. So you can process this information as an experience to learn from. Or let's take a look at another example where two different people are going to see the same situation in completely different ways. So if you ask somebody, would they be willing to make a living as a bull rider? You know, many people are going to say no, that this is an extremely dangerous sport uh, and they would rather make a living another way. They might see it as a foolish thing to do. The fact of getting on an animal that weighs 1,500 to 2,000 pounds and can move with such power that they can crush you and throw you around like a toy. It'll probably be too scary causing their heart to raise, palms to sweat, and accelerate their breathing. But if you ask those cowboys who make a living riding bulls, they see it as an opportunity to make a living and not work some you know stationary job for long hours. And they actually have the time to do more of what they want. They might see it as a, a life of freedom and overall happiness. They might actually see people working a 9 to 5 as crazy in their eyes. And what these cowboys might experience as they get on such a large and powerful animal is excitement. You know, causing their heart to race, palms to sweat, and accelerate their breathing. So in both cases... The people on each side willing to ride a bull and not ride a bull experienced the same types of symptoms, but they took it in different ways. Having the feelings of being scared and excited share the same type of characteristics where in both cases, your heart's racing, your palms are sweating, and your breathing accelerates. The only difference is how one chooses to accept or interpret what they're experiencing. For some... This experience might be too much for them to handle, which is understandable why somebody might take this feeling as being too scary. But another person might feel that experience is exactly what they need to get them going to perform or to be at their best. You know, there's that argument of whether you're born with these types of traits to handle those big moments or you're not. And some people might be naturally more inclined to be able to handle some of these situations. But... We can all condition ourselves to work up to not let those moments get too big for us to the point where it doesn't feel scary or it doesn't feel as scary. So it's going to feel more exciting. And the better you can condition yourself to think a certain way, it's going to affect how you experience your emotions. In essence, you're reprogramming that survival mechanism that's encoded into your brain. You will still experience some of those negative emotions but you'll recognize how to use them to not be destructive. This is such an important skill to master to be able to effectively live life on your terms. There's going to be circumstances that cause us to fall short of expectations that we have, but we have the ability to interpret what is going on so that we can respond effectively and not merely react to whatever comes our way. In being mindful in this way, it gives you the ability to step back and analyze what's going on to see things and figure out solutions that would be much harder when you're in the eye of the storm. So as you work to interpret your experiences, you'll still have those negative emotions. 
that make you want to lash out or run for the hills. First, be able to recognize those emotions as it occurs. Those emotions where you become angry, you can start to tell yourself, hey, I'm becoming angry. Just know uh, I'm aware that I'm becoming angry here. Or it could be that you're feeling sad after a big letdown. And and this is going to help you become more aware of yourself and the situations you're in. It's going to give you the ability to take a step back and possibly might even help you become a little bit more distant or more objective of that emotion that you're experiencing. When you're able to do this, it can feel so invigorating, so liberating, and, and so in control as you're not the victim of you know being in that desperation mode. Now, it's still going to hurt as you go through it, but you become more level-headed that allows you to see things with a lot more clarity. And as you do this, it's going to take some time to get accustomed to this. There's still going to be moments where you lose your cool and your emotions take over. But just got to remember that that's okay. As long as you're striving for resetting and getting back to being aware of how you're handling yourself. Now, this doesn't have to be complicated where you're examining each and every emotion that you're experiencing. It's just the big ones that can cause you to be on just such a high or, or such a low because when you're in a, in that state of intenseness, decisions that you would typically make in a calm state will be impacted. So it's not just when you experience a state of anger that's going to lead to some destructive habits, but it also could be a state of euphoria that could lead you to think that you're bulletproof and you might try something as you know crazy as jumping off a roof to prove how durable or, or strong or, or tough you are. Most of our, our great and, and good decisions come from remaining in that calm, level-headed state. As you start to recognize how emotions are affecting you, immediately delay reacting to not give that emotion any more life or intensity that's going to cause your reactions to take over. Even do this with the, those positive emotions that cause you to jump for joy as it's going to help you on both ends of the spectrum where if you can handle that joyous feeling, it'll make those rough emotions not as difficult to handle. So it's going to help you become less volatile. It's going to make you more inclined to, when you interpret good things happening to you, your response is, okay, that's good. But it's also going to help you interpret those bad things happening to you in that same way where you say, okay, you know, that wasn't what I expected, but... How am I going to respond to this? So the less intense you become to what you experience, the better chance you have at, at lessening that intense emotion. It becomes more manageable to not be overtaken. And some simple things that you can do to delay reacting is just taking a few deep breaths to help calm you down or possibly go out for, for a walk to clear your head. Being able to regulate that blood flow that just has risen will help delay that reaction. It's going to uh, soothe it over just a bit. If you think about how poker players handle themselves to not give away what type of hand they have so they don't come off as overly excited to give the opposing player you know, that idea that maybe they should fold. They also don't want to come off as defeated and down to, to tip the opposing player that they have a bad hand and they can be taken advantage of. 
So these types of tactics can help you slow down your thinking that allows you time to process what you're going through. It takes away from that shock factor that makes things appear not as big. Then as you become aware of what you're going through and what you're feeling, process those emotions to allow them to flow by not trying to suppress them. And since we know and since we know saying things out loud is 10 times more powerful than when we think it, avoid saying negative things out loud to reduce it by 4 to 7 times. Be conscious of those negative thoughts that you're going through and work to find what's triggering them and almost analyze why it's causing what you're feeling. Pick it apart, scrutinizing every little detail to almost find a fault in those triggers. So, for example, I used to get real upset each time I, I would lose at whatever it was, whether it's sports or or uh, not getting what I wanted. And then I would actually start picking it apart. And what I found out was I was getting upset over not getting my way. I would tell myself, you know, you're pouting because your ego was hurt, that the outcome did not validate my effort. So I would give myself distance to process this. And what I found out was I didn't like how I handled myself. So obviously this made me realize I need to handle myself with more class. And how I handle the things that don't go the way I expect it to be is far more important than how I handle things when they do go as expected. You know, it's so much harder to handle yourself in tough situations than than when things are going smoothly. What is easy provides very little value. What is hard provides an opportunity to grow. When negative emotions come about and you recognize it, process them, and understand the cause of it, the more you're in control of how to handle it. And just tell yourself, this is just the brain telling me something is wrong so I can survive. It's signaling to you that something needs to get done. So if you get upset with yourself for being late to a certain event, recognize that that's telling you maybe you need to be a little bit more organized to make it on time. And look to find that right balance to be able to self-regulate without being overly critical or too easy on yourself. The ability to do this makes you more disciplined that better gauges yourself and the situation you're in. It motivates you to take the proper action so you can get the desired outcome. You know, being too harsh on yourself can make you feel down and and hurt your confidence going forward. But being too easy on yourself is not putting urgency on the action you need to take, which lets opportunities just pass you by. So just like stress, we need to find that right amount to get us going, but not too much that it overloads the things that we can handle. If you think about how you start a fire, you just need enough of a spark to get started, but too much and you could burn your eyebrows off. The more you give yourself time to process your emotions, the more acclimated you become to the sharpness that you feel. And eventually, that sharpness becomes dull. And you have enough experience to go through the discomfort of some of the pain that you feel. So this is going to give you the reassurance that, hey, this is just part of the process. And understanding this gives you a long-term view that allows you to see beyond just right now. I really like billionaire investors Warren Buffett's thinking where he says if he only had to choose between intelligence and being able to regulate his emotions, 
when it comes to investing in businesses through the stock market, he would always choose being able to regulate his emotions, being able to have the stomach to sit there and watch a great business drop in stock price is a key skill that determines how well your investing performance is. So the stock market can be really emotional and irrational and will move in radical directions up and down based on a certain headline such as fears of a recession, the Federal Reserve rise, raising interest rates, uh, commodity prices dropping significantly. But sometimes these things have no real meaningful impact on the fundamentals of a business that you're investing in. So if you let your emotions get the best of you because the stock price dropped by 20% and you decide to sell it, it could lead to missing out on huge gains. So Mr. Buffett says that money goes from the inpatient to the patient simply because selling one stock to buy another when you're not thinking about the long-term prospects of what you just sold. So this same concept can apply for how you handle your emotions. It can feel stomach-turning. But being able to assess what's going on will determine how well you experience life. So once you start processing those negative emotions and even the positive ones, it's almost like putting everything through a filter to separate that sediment that can clog up your ability to handle yourself better. You essentially remove the things that are dramatized or make bigger than what they actually are. This helps you see things for what they are like you know, seeing molehills for molehills and not seeing mountains out of molehills. If you ever lost something important like a credit card, money, your license, most of our reaction is probably to start panicking. And then our mind can start to race of all the bad things that, that could happen. You know, there can be a tendency to overlook the simple things such as retracing your steps because there's a good chance you probably just dropped it along the way. I remember this actually happened to me one time. I misplaced my credit card and my initial thought was, okay, I'm going to cancel the credit card. But but then, you know, I kind of rationalized it and gave myself a little bit of time. And I just said, I just started to retrace my steps. And I told myself, I'll find it. I just got to think of all the common places I I might have placed it in. And I actually ended up finding it in the dryer about a week later. So the time you give yourself to process your emotions refines your composure of the things that you're striving for that makes you always know what, what that is. So on your journey to making your dreams a reality, you know there's going to be pain and heartache involved. But having that composure always reminds you of what you're working towards. It gives you the ability to navigate the forest you're in and not get lost by all the distractions along the way. The more you're able to do this, the more you come to enjoy the process of whatever it is you're doing, and you're not dependent on the outcome to make you feel a certain way. When you're not able to process your emotions, they will continuously reoccur later on at very inconvenient times, especially in the form of self-doubt. This could lead to a festering of all the toxicity that you were bottling up, making you more prone to being on edge, you know, a loose cannon at even the, the smallest triggers. It even has the ability to affect your, your health mentally and physically. So a helpful way to actually process your emotion is to talk it out with yourself, with a close friend, but aim to avoid complaining because 
complaining is just such a negative form of expression that can continuously build momentum into other parts of your life. So as you talk it out, try to be objective to take some of the power away from that emotion you're experiencing. Dial back the tone that you use to become less attached. And knowing the triggers will help better manage going into future situations. So if you know that being yelled at is a trigger for what angers you, then having a conversation with those that do it to you in a calm manner to let them know that's not going to generate a positive response from you can help resolve it. But if they're you know, not willing to hear you out or it's unavoidable, you can better prepare yourself through having an ideal response laid out that you can always default to. So this might be walking away immediately from the situation to prevent a blowout between both sides. While we can't control what others do to us, we can control how we handle ourselves. Another tactic is to write out your emotions you're struggling with. This really helps slow down your thinking and improves the objectiveness that you express. When you actually write things down, it physically causes you to slow down to really examine what you want to put down. This is a great exercise to help just rationalize emotions you're experiencing. I'm sure you've been in a moment where it's hard to express what you want to say and this exercise forces you to do that. And if you ever written something down and then later reflected on it, I'm sure you found what you've written was a little bit funny. So that anger that you experienced today, writing it down maybe a month from now, you can reflect on it and it might give you a laugh. It might make you think, is this what I got mad about? Is this really that big of a deal? And what's great about writing down whatever it is you're going through, your perspective can change with time as you reflect on it. When you only keep it in your head about a certain experience, many times you reflect back on how you felt that experience went and not what actually happened. And with more time that passes, some of the details involved in whatever it is you went through get mixed up and your reflection on it will change. But just like any written record, it's there as a reference point that is not altered to the way you think it happened. As you start to write down whatever it is you're going through, this can serve as a filter as well because you identify what things you want to use going forward. So say you're in a great state of euphoria where you earned enough money to buy a new car and you write out all the reasons for wanting to do it. And now maybe you come across a question where you ask yourself, do I need this? What other alternatives do I have with this extra cash? You might write down some things like, maybe I don't need the car and I could use that money to invest in an index fund. So it can grow and and maybe I can use it for something 10 years from now. When the value of that investment will be greater than the value of purchasing a car. So just as a quick reference, if you had $10,000 to invest in a S&P index fund with an average 10% annualized gain, that $10,000 would grow into about $26,000 in 10 years. With so many thoughts in your head, this scenario might elude you, but... Actually writing it down can lead to more questions and more scenarios that allow you the time to process it. As you work to understand your emotions, process them, and manage them so you can make great decisions, it'll be a lifelong journey of improvement. Obviously, there's going to be some really turbulent times that you're going to experience where you revert to that survival mode that can cause you to misjudge your situation. 
But you know what? Don't beat yourself up for it. Just recognize what you could have done better and use it for the next time going forward. If you look at professional athletes and how some of them seem to handle themselves extremely well after losing you know, some really big games and are able to immediately, right after the games, answer some of these tough questions after being in a, in a very intense emotional state, this doesn't happen by chance. They actually prepare themselves beforehand such as, you know, with uh, media training so they can effectively process what happened and how to stay composed. And you can do the same thing. Have scenarios played out in your head or written down of how you're going to handle those different emotions you experience. The more you're able to do this, the more you're conditioning yourself to a default mode that overrides that urge to have an outburst. Preparation of things before they actually happen brings greater confidence and composure to whatever you face. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast and it served you in some way. If you're interested in more topics like this and want to improve yourself further, come join thrivingminds.live. All right, until next time.